Marcos. Um, I'm a writer and educator. Marcos de Jesus de la Guagua is, uh, is my friend and he is a musician, singer, songwriter, rapper. Um, we have a lot of fun together and on this show we like to, as the Spanish expression goes, se hace el camino al andar, we make the, the path by walking. It's kind of like show and tell, uh, but for grown-ups. Uh, where Marcos and I share things that we're passionate about, um, pieces of our art or works in progress, um, things that we finish, things that um, we're looking forward to releasing. And uh, one thing that I've been doing, uh, Marcos, is releasing poetry on uh, Twitter. I do this about once a week. And it's a fun exercise because the 280 characters uh, limit is a bit of a constriction. And they, uh, it's, it's, and, and so, you know, there's, there's a saying that limitations uh, help to help inspire creativity. Okay, so um, let's dive in. Uh, I hope that you um, are in the mood for some poetry and uh, we hope to, I think in this episode, discuss the ideas, uh, some of the ideas, some of the connections that we can make to this text, to self-world or another text. And uh, I think that will be a fun little activity. These poems don't have a name, but uh, this one was published in December, on December 31st, 2022. Here goes. In the cave, there is but one, watching, waiting. He sees not the rest, but a spot, a show, where they dance. Oh, how they dance. So what are some things that pop into your mind about this or connections or um, something you like or, or, or maybe we're confused about or, or you know, or, or, or something you can be constructively critical of. I usually focus on meaning, right, uh, and feeling. Um, but what do you what do you feel? What does it make you feel? Well, I guess I have this. I'm not sure what to feel because I'm because I guess I'm so freaking ideological. I want to know what the overall meaning is before I surrender to nah. feeling. But you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but so if I try to let go of that, um, it's, it's just a nice kind of, there's a nice rhythm, rhythm to it. Mm. And, um, I like how it looks on, I'm going to say the page sure, very, sure. very much. And it ends up, the mood is, uh, actually it's like mysterious, but mm. cheerful, like it these could be like pop lyrics. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I like what you said. 
the, the mystery and uh, there is kind of a sing-songy quality to it. Um, I mean, he is watching a dance after all. It, I, I like to throw in certain ideas into poems and, and I, uh, I don't know if I execute it in the best way possible, but in this poem, I'm trying to reference, and this is a small reference. It, it actually isn't super important that people get this reference um, because the, I think the poem works by itself. But um, I am referencing Plato's cave. In Plato, in Plato's cave, right? This is a metaphor, right? For um, uh, this really abstract idea that Plato has, um, which it, the, the actual theory that Plato has on, on these things he calls forms isn't super important. I'll briefly describe it. Uh, but the, the important bit is that uh, in Plato's cave, he says, imagine, you know, you have people in a cave and, um, and, and they're chained. They're, they're chained up. And, and this is where they live their whole lives. They're in chains and they're in a cave and they're facing a wall. So they can never see the, the entrance to the cave, which is roughly behind them, right? And um, what they see projected onto the wall is um, it, it are the shadows caused by, um, well, I, I, there might be different versions of, of the cave thing, but um, imagine people walking by the cave, the entrance to the cave, right? And they would cast shadows and the people inside the cave would never know what exactly the shadows mean and, and what the source of the shadows are. Um, and so this is a metaphor Plato uses to like, describe um, his uh, his abstract idea of, of forms, um, which is not a, a concept that I can totally wrap my head around. I think it's, it, it, I don't know if it's me or if it's not a super coherent um, idea, but they're like <laughs> these internal, eternal concepts that are unchanging and exist outside of the physical world, similar to, they have a similar relationship to the physical world as the shadows do to the people, right? And so our interaction with the world is just seeing like um, uh, not even the, the real essence of things, but like a, but like a, a play or a show, you know, a, uh, where we see things dance and we don't exactly know like what, what, is, what is real. So I'm not, I think this, I like this poem because it, it means many things to me at the same time. Um, so on the one hand, to me, this is a poem about, um, we might we might disagree a little bit on this point, because uh, I know you've you've made some some brilliant um, uh, counters to, to 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 something that I said before, but I, I actually agree with you. I just think it depends on how you look. And that is the idea that I think that in some sense, and that's the key phrase, um, humans are 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 fundamentally alone. We're, we're fundamentally singular. And, uh, you know, no one can die for you. You know, people can be empathetic, but they can't mm, feel mm, your feelings. Exactly. You are you and you will always be you and you'll never be somebody else. And, and that is kind of like being in Plato's cave, in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, a, in an abstract way, because you're mm. um, like, What's going on in China right now? I don't know, <laughs> right? This is another another sort of level of that metaphor. It's like, I don't know, but there's a lot going on in China. 
right now and, and in other parts of the world um, that I have no idea of. And, you know, unless it's a big event and it's on Twitter or something, like I probably won't know about it. Yeah, it, it represents other things to me um, that it, I can I can make some connections to some theories people have about the universe and how we're not actually seeing reality as it is, but we're seeing like a representation of reality. Um, our consciousness is like, uh, it filters things in such a way that that maybe this is like a super wild idea, but I love this idea that time itself is not exactly what we think it is. You know, it, it, it's a reflection of our consciousness, but it isn't a reflection of the world, um, of, the, of the universe rather. Not to go down that rabbit hole, but uh, well, I know. Really, yeah, go ahead. Can I say really briefly that that's an observation about things that may not matter uh, for making mm -hmm. the best, uh, yes. most constructive choices in, in your life or yes. your, in our, our life. But it does imply that we may have the same sort of misapprehension mm -hmm. about things that do matter, where, where our choices may matter. Yeah. Similar, which I, where I think the metaphor is, is similar to this uh, contrast between what we perceive and, and the source of our perceptions. Mm -hmm. I, I think I also want to ask you briefly, if you would like to, to maybe uh, steel man, but also to uh, critique my idea about people being uh, fundamentally alone uh, and then and then maybe we can move on to the next poem but i just wanted to give you a chance because i know you have really good things to say about this mm. so so what and in, in what ways do you think that we are alone and in what ways do you think that we're we we, we can't possibly be alone and that we're never alone yes <laughs> right i i i do think that there's there's a reality that you describe and in in this sense of solitude and solitariness in experience and i you know, one of the memorable things from the narrator in the dune books that really stuck with me is that Science is this unending chain of cause and effect, only giving insight to how, but never ever mm -hmm. into why. Mm -hmm. And and in Dune, religion and religiosity is engaged for that other question, for the why question. And I think this is, I think this is a beautifully constructed poem, and I. In a sense, if I didn't speak English, I would, because I do like words, I, I could enjoy just sort of the rhythm of how it looks on the page. And like, I might completely miss your meaning, right? So, and I'm thinking of that as sort of an illustration of, of, of how we're in these um, interlocking paradox, paradoxes of, aloneness and mm -hmm. connection, you know? Yeah. And both are true. There are certain critical contexts where 
it's really important to know which is primary. Um, <laughs> when you're in a dark place and you need a way out of a despair, you know, sometimes to, to know that you naturally need connection is, is really important, you know, um, and, and, and then also in, in ethical questions, you know, if you, there, on the one hand, importance for like compassion for the experience of solitude that, yeah, I think is super common, but yeah, and sort of big spiritual questions and ethical questions are, it's, if we miss our interconnectedness, I think we miss our interconnectedness at our peril. In the cave, there is but one. Watching, waiting. He sees not the rest, but a spot, a show, where they dance. Oh, how they dance. Let's look at the next one. This next poem was tweeted, I guess, in uh, or on November 4th, 2022. You ask a question, wait for an answer. It does not come. You ask again, again, no answer. You repeat until it's clear, no answer will come. So you decide to search yourself. It's been years since, yet each seems shorter than the day. You first surmised the answer lay in the question raised. So um, no information, no context. What does it make you feel? Well, so, hmm, you know, I guess the formal, I tend to think about the formal side of the work because that, in a sense, that's the abstract side of the feeling that I experience, you know, or, hmm. or a way to describe it. And there's, uh, I, I'm, what I'm sort of tasting or, or sensing is this tension between, or this interplay between how it is laid out like a text message, you know, mm -hmm. with, with the, with the um, letters, numbers, mm -hmm. and abbreviations standing in for, for words. And on the other hand, yeah, it sounds, well, it actually has punctuation, <laughs> which <laughs> your work doesn't, your poems don't yeah, yeah. have uh, as a choice. Yeah, it sounds kind of neoclassical, on the other hand, especially, um, yeah, this, there's this very intentional cluster of short sentences at the beginning, and then the rhymey, rhymey. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, but which has a, a sort of dance quality uh, at at the end. Yeah, it's interesting. On this one, I definitely noticed like the form feels louder. And the other one, the content, you know, I was wondering about the something interior to the to the form, like who are these characters, right? You know, i I don't think I'm gonna volunteer a reading of uh, the meaning of, of this one. 
except that sure. you're right. It's, it's, it's about questions. Hmm. Yeah. It's about a question, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it does say a question. Um, it's really the most, maybe one of the most fundamental questions that um, you can ask. It's the question of, um, of, of purpose, right? Mm. Um, why, why am I here? What does this all mean? Mm -hmm. In a sense, the, the, the poem, part of the reason I write it like this is um, you're asking the question, what is the question? You're mimicking what the, basically the narrator is, is trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and in fact, you are a character, right? In the mm -hmm. story, I'm trying to involve the, the reader um, because mm -hmm. I, I think you are asking, I'm using you, the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the togetherness, you. Um, I think we're all um, asking this question. And uh, part of the point that I make is um, th there is this tension with like wanting an answer and, and not getting one. And this represents so many things to me. Um, it, it could represent, uh, you know, how many agnostics, for example, feel about God. You know, you ask a question and you're not exactly going to get an answer, you know, mm -hmm. but um, but you ask the question nevertheless. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's in you to ask a question. Mm. Um, it's it's just part of, of what it means to be a person. Um, that's what it's really about, right? And at the end, there's a there's a sort of realization, and the, the realization of of like kind of what the point is. Before I, I think I get to that, um, the end to this poem uh, is mimicking another poem that I really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And if you permit me, I would like to read the last stanza of a pretty famous poem. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, by Emily Dickinson. So then you were drawing on a form, not a standardized form, but a, a pre-existing form. Uh, yeah, at the end. I mean, at you, the could, end, yeah. you could say that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I was referencing because I could not stop for death. by This is the greatest hit show. <laughs> so yeah. take a look at the end. Plato's Cave and Emily Dickinson. Yeah. On death. So th this is uh, like a, a notable poem. Um, uh, I, I bring it up when I um, teach uh, courses. Sometimes um, it, it's good for like understanding how poems work and so on. But um. Look at this, look at this last stanza, right? Um, this whole poem, like the the character here is um the character in the story, the narrator, is um she is uh, visited by death and they they drive slowly on on this carriage ride. And it sort of represents uh, you know, many things, but um that sort of that that um journey we all take to death, right? And um, take a look at this last stanza. Um, she's talking about um, the, this trip 
that she's taken where she's seen all of these different things, you know, especially in the, what is this, the second stanza and the second stanza, there are a whole bunch of images that represent sort of youth and, and middle age and, 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 you know, old age. Anyway, she says, since then, tis centuries, and yet feels shorter than the day, I first surmised the horses' heads were toward eternity. It's a really interesting poem. Uh, I, I think for me, it's, it's about uh, living forever versus um, uh, the, the, the finiteness of, of the human condition. Um, but it, I, I was trying to mimic this last stanza, you know, so I think you can see it, right? Like, feels shorter than the day. I first surmised the horse's heads were toward eternity. And if I go to mine, it's been years since, yet each seems shorter than the day. I, you first surmised the answer lay in the question raised. So the point is that, yeah, part of it is, Although again, I do think poems are kind of like dreams. Uh, so it's to some extent the meaning can be hidden even for the for the author sometimes, uh, or at least partially. Uh, part of the point is that part of the point in life is is the search itself. You know, the, the fact that we strive for meaning is meaningful. You know. Um, mm -hmm. Other people have commented about it's fascinating that the universe is even understandable. I think this is a point that Neil deGrasse Tyson made and others. Um, so we live in a universe where th there is meaning that can be found. And um, that, that, I mean, that is a, that's an old point, that observation, oh, yeah. right? That's, sure. that's old. I certainly know that's in the Judeo-Christian tradition and I wouldn't claim that it's exclusive, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's an old For sure. uh, point of, of of reverence, uh, even, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you, what do you think about this search for um, meaning? Um, does it give you solace to know that, that does the search itself bring you solace or, or not? Or, may, or maybe it's, it, maybe it causes existential angst, I mean, I don't think the answer necessarily is uh, is is binary. Yeah. Huh. Well, I I think what I've what I've come back to again and again in my questioning is that if if there's transcendent meaning, it is here. You know. And the poem achieves that quite remarkably in a way that I find consoling. Mm. You, you don't, well, <laughs> your, um, the, the Dickinson poem, mm. we didn't read the whole thing and I haven't read sure. it for years, but it okay. seems like she kind of engages um, lots of things that the reader understands she doesn't she's using as narrative fictions yes right allegorical fictions yes. right mm -hmm. your only fiction here 
um, is of the that there's an individual, and that sure. of course is an illusion, because you're it's only you're only it, the poem's only really happening if well it's on Twitter first of all which is social media mm-hmm. you know and the poem's only really happening if you're reaching someone right um, but but apart from that device the there's there's no external mythology right so mm-hmm. you uh right i think one way to talk about plato's cave is about like phenomenology right mm-hmm. um if i recall that how i had lectures about that correctly but like the phenomenon is what what you're reaching for is indicated in in what you um in what you offer and 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 even symmetrically right you start with this question and um end with that question and and there's meaning in a satisfying way in in that journey i think that is an important part of the poem that it it does provide that at the end and it's meant to because it's like it's answering my angst but i think hopefully it's answering more of a universal angst it's like um that there's there is meaning and and just in the search itself um Mm -hmm. And I can't help but think about uh, Man's Search for Meaning, which you recommended I read and I read. And um, it, it, this just makes me think about that. And I wrote this before I read that. But um, I think Frankel says uh, something similar, you know, which is like um, he has this thing, logotherapy. And, and like the, the one of the key ideas is, um, which is he's a pioneer of, he's saying, it is uplifting that you have this responsibility to create the meaning in your life. I think that's that's beautiful. And I like I like the word raised uh, at the end. Raised. Oh, here. Question raised as yeah, that is the last word. Hmm. Why? Uh, just it's, sounds it's transcendent. It's transcendent. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I don't know if you realize it, but you, I mean that's. Dickinson would have thought that was a resurrection reference. Mm. That was not my intention, but um, <laughs> that's with you know poems are like dreams in a sense. Yeah, yeah. sometimes there's latent, uh, there, there's there's hidden meaning. Yeah, uh, even to the author. Well, and and can I? I think I have a other a thought about how the the symbols work, the like sure. you and the four and stuff. Okay. For me, um, it gives this like on the one hand you're using punctuation so that gives a very clear structure and on the other hand you putting like the letter u rather than spelling the word u mm-hmm. oh that kept you under 280 characters also probably yeah it's <laughs> part of the reason yeah but freedom of limitation right that creates an opportunity uh, it it's like a reminder to the reader that uh, that this is not a pipe, right? Like the surrealist painting mm-hmm. has written on it. That yeah, these are symbols. This is language. These are yeah. 
but yeah yeah exactly i, I mean that that's I, I love that yeah i love that painting um you know or this this is just a representation against the in a sense like the, this is the shadows on the cave wall yeah and 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 and, and it is a pipe and, and it isn't you know? <laughs> um, i think that's part of part of the thing part of that that contradiction that uh, is, is so fundamental to the human condition. You ask a question. Wait for an answer. It does not come. You ask again. Again. No answer. You repeat until it's clear. No answer will come. So, you decide to search yourself. It's been years since, yet each seems shorter than the day. You first surmise the answer lay in the question raised. And the last poem was tweeted on August 17th, 2022. It goes like this. If you could see the mechanics of my heart, the blood red. You would fail to see me there. Or in the skull swimming softly. Or in the gut beating. I am nowhere there. But here. What does it make you feel? I think I'm noticing the argument a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and the counterposing of the, the narrator to an audience, you know, and then, yeah, it, it's, um, I like, I like the, the brief journey, you know, of like premise and then, <laughs> uh, journey like through the interior of the body. You know, mm. and yeah. and then and then we come. You sort of come out of that journey. Um, nowhere there, but here. For from when I first heard it, I looked mm -hmm. at it, and the first time you read it, I looked at the page, and I was like, "He's on the page," mm -hmm. and you could hear it that mm -hmm. way. The second time I heard it, I heard it as, um, "I am." where you are <laughs> as you're hearing this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the answer, both <laughs> and more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is how I tend to write poems. So if, if, uh, if you're confused about what exactly it means, I think you probably know exactly what it means. Um, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a dream. I know I've said that a few times, but it is, I think. I think it's a useful metaphor because um, it, it means uh, different things to me. It starts out, if you could, if you could see. Um, I think originally I wrote, if you could see me. Um, I think, and then I chose to take that out. But it kind of just means the same thing. It's like, where exactly am I? Am I in the heart, right? Um, 
Yeah. Well, blood. you say the my, right? You, yeah. you orient it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Am I in the heart? Am I? Well, no, I'm not in the heart, right? I'm giving you but an you answer. You didn't say the heart. You said my heart. And sure. I, I think uh, that's, that's a, a meaningful, point. significant choice. Mm. Yeah, I, I, right. I am trying to talk about uh, me, where exactly am I here? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I also give you an answer, right? So um, uh, I, I'm not in the heart, right? And then um, there's a little bit of um, alliteration here with the S's uh, because I'm mimicking that sort of soft, flowy sound that is mimicking the swimming. So um, am I in the skull swimming softly? That's a metaphor for, of course, the brain. Mm -hmm. um, and then, or, or am I in the gut uh, feeding? Uh, which I thought was a good, you know, I'm trying to think of like where exactly would people locate, you know, the self, it like uh -huh. just biologically, you know, uh -huh. and obviously the brain would be one of those things. The, the heart, maybe poetically, we've, you know, there's a lot of metaphor there for the, the core and, and, and all of that. Um, but I thought the gut is also another, another interesting um, place to oh, yeah. face the self, you know, it's mm -hmm. like... Um, the just I mean, if we're just talking about numbers, right? Like the the colony of bacteria that you have in in your gut, in, in your intestines, uh, is quite large. Um, and and I, I've learned, uh, I believe this is correct, that like depending on on what you eat and and the gut flora that you have, it can alter your your mood and how you feel. Uh, so to some extent, you know, can change your personality, um, or at least the expression of your personality. Um, mm -hmm. My point is, when I say here, it, it's several. I'm saying it's all connected. My fingers and my toes are me, and and so is my heart, and so is my 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 gut, and so is my brain. And that's part of the message, right? It's um, where do we locate the the self, and to understand that we are like this biological amalgam of um, organisms sort of working together and, and acting as one um, on a biological, you know, that's kind of a biological thing, mm -hmm. but. So what does it mean that the narrator says you would fail to see me there? Right, the you would fail to see me there, that's the fourth line. Um, it, it's, it's talking about being too myopic in how you, look for the self oh so, okay it, you didn't say i wouldn't be there you you said yes you, that the view okay all right thank you i didn't catch that yeah because i'm saying i'm not there specifically i'm i'm throughout and um i think the more the more important idea here when i say but here is i i have this a lot in my in my poems, this is kind of like something I reference a lot. Like I use simple words, so simple reference words like here and this to refer to really big things. It's kind of like I like to understate. Um, and so when I when I say here, I'm talking about um, I'm talking about the poem, right? Like where am I? I'm in, I'm the poem. And what is the poem? The poem is art. The poem is beauty. The, the, I, I'm not this a uh, machine, right? I'm, I'm a, or an automaton. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a thing that writes poetry, you know, that doesn't need to, to survive. 
You're, uh, are you a thing? Or are you a being? Yeah. Right. Um, but I would, I would, you know, sometimes in my poetry, I elevate thing. You know, I like the sure, contrast. Sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah, like, word. like, you know, thing doesn't have to be negative. I, I guess I'm trying to embrace all of it. Right. I'm saying, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a thing. I'm a, I'm a biological entity, sure. an evolved ape. Um, not that much hair. Um, pretty defenseless. Couldn't survive in the in the wild, really, um, without anybody. But, but I'm more than that. And uh, and I love what you said about the second time that I read here, you imagined the the reader. And I think that's, again, another refrain in, in my poetry is um, I, I keep referencing the, the fact that, and I think this is kind of important because it's a type of immortality and and, and it goes beyond just poetry, right? So the, the, the poet or the writer um, lives just like we all do, right? In the minds and memories of other people. And I think going back to Frankel, I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, he has this really, beautiful paragraph in Man's Search for Meaning, where he describes um, the difference between old age and, and young age, and mm-hmm. why people who despair at old age in, in relation to youth, um, why they, they mm-hmm. can be mistaken. And he says, you know, um, the thing with the youth is that, yes, they have potentially more to live, but they they have potential. They have potential futures, but they are uncertain, right? Whereas people who have lived, they have real things. They they have real connections and 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 actualities that have actualized in the real world. And and he talks about the past as like like a better than the future because the future is uncertain and, and it's unactualized, but the past, no one can change the past, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, let's just take the sci-fi out of the equation for the moment. Yeah. But, but you, you can't change the past, right? And so it's, it's, it's yours and it's beautiful. And yeah. the more you've lived, the more of that you have. And, and he talks about even your suffering is, it, how you dealt with your suffering is, is valuable. And it's part of what makes you who you are. So, mm-hmm. okay. I think uh, two thoughts I'd like to uh, echo from here. Um, one on the one hand, so one about sort of the grounded spirituality, existentialist spirituality that I experience, and the other one um, echoing the uh, my impressions of 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 the the science, the the uh, physics resonance um, that could be present. And so on the one hand, you know, Frankel's project is is very much um, uh, what what in in my evangelical Lutheran faith tradition, um, Christian tradition, um, we sometimes call the theology of the cross. And, you know, Frankel's like, because he's, you know, uh, 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 a survivor of the Shoah, of the uh, genocidal project of the Nazis, right? And and he is is working to express a 
a theory of of life being meaningful um you know that works in that worst case scenario mm. right there are traditions where um a point about resurrection uh just comes from a religious figure just being raised into heaven just not dying right um but jesus dies badly right mm -hmm. so if if there's a gospel it has to be true via that worst case scenario that meanest punishment that the roman empire could throw at you and you although right now you're reading this optimistically and positively and i appreciate that because <laughs> you can go dark sometimes my friend yeah. um but I, I appreciate the optimistic reading you're giving it now the optimism which is there um is coming from is is built off of a foundation of of um okay yeah maybe nothing means anything <laughs> <laughs> but right you know because because you are right that's one way that you could read uh everything until the last line but here and there at the same time by naming these places you you have this sense that you have this scientific awareness of well we're kind of our guts you know we are kind of our mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, our brains also right and so that's rich and then the other thought that came to me is um oh yeah just that frankel's i heard a physicist argue for frankel's point i think it was on the um podcast on being and the physicist was saying that now isn't something that we can rigorously describe the present moment right yeah um but the past is <laughs> what was was their observation right um and since here and now are tied together you know there's in a sense a place where the past well uh is 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 yet present <laughs> and it that could all sound like I'm just playing with words, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but it um this scientific figure that I heard at least seemed to articulate pretty well how may perhaps those words work like they do because they are reflecting something that's that's real on a on a kind of objective level. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful idea. Um, and it brings us back to the forms, right? It's like, um, mm -hmm. you know, we have uh, words and symbols mm -hmm. that try to articulate it, something bigger. Um, we have the senses which try to articulate for something bigger and we're always like missing the mark. We're always just um, 
you know, I think you're the one who taught me um, the etymology of, of sin. Um, it's it's uh, it's missing the mark. And uh, yeah, I'm not particularly religious, you know that. Um, although I can be to an extent uh, uh, spiritual. And so I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I've been reading, um, actually not reading, listening to the audio book of uh, Walter Isaacson's uh, Leonardo da Vinci, the, the biography. And uh, one of the things that Leonardo was obsessed with is um, the, the self or the, the human form as a microcosm of God's creation. Um, and I think, you know, just to make a through line through everything, um, I, I think that's a, that's a fundamental part of what it means to be human, to, to, to ask questions because there are questions to ask and you are in a position to ask those questions. Um, and that can make life beautiful and meaningful. And no matter what happens to you, you will always be able to do that. No one can take that away from you. I heard the gospel, the existentialist gospel. If you could see me, the mechanics of my heart, the blood red, you would fail to see me there, or in the skull swimming softly, or in the gut beating. I am nowhere there, but here. <laughs>